I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind, and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Makes him feel mellow. Welcome to I Like Beer, the podcast, where we discuss great beers and the stories that go with them. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm your host, Jeff, and welcome to our 100th episode. We are friends who love good beer and telling stories. So in the summer of 2019, we turned it into a podcast. And we are now a 100 episode podcast. That's pretty impressive. That's impressive, guys. I'm just, I, 100 episodes. Just who would have thought? All right. No, never would have thought it. People, people said it couldn't be done. And by people, I specifically mean Joe. Yes. <laughs> Teachers by day, beer drinkers by night, and lucky enough to live in North County, San Diego, California, beer mecca within a beer mecca. Please pour yourself a beer, pull up a bar stool, and join us for our 100th episode. All right. Hey, we have planned a very special episode for tonight to celebrate this uh, milestone, and we hope you enjoy it, whether you're with us, uh, uh, have been with us from the very beginning, or you're just checking us out for the first time tonight. Um, and also, as always, please find and follow us on social media at I Like Beer the Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and I Like Beer the Po one, and I Like Beer the Ta one on Twitter. And thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Uh, We've enjoyed making lots of new friends on social media and untapped. So cheers, friends. 100 episodes talent. Will you drink to that? Of course. Cheers. What should we drink? Oh, what should we drink? That's probably a good point. We should talk about that. So uh, we kind of went back to our roots a little bit here, and uh, we ventured down to Viewpoint Brewing. Uh, today and and picked up uh, some some beer courtesy of uh, Mo. So big thanks to Mo down there. And uh, so I've got something that they've recently released, which is called their Rice and Easy, and it is a Japanese lager. And it is such a clean, crisp drink. It is so good. I, I actually said that while we were sitting on. Uh, if you have not been to Viewpoint in Del Mar, they still have probably the the nicest view from a brewery that you're going to find in almost anywhere. I think Epic might have theirs down at uh, on Shelter Island. Uh, sitting on the water there, but there's overlooking the lagoon there at Del Mar is just phenomenal. And I can't wait till the, it's a, a warm day down there and you can drink this, this Japanese lager because it is such a clean, crisp beer. I'm really enjoying it. Yep. Mo was our very first contact before we were officially a podcast. We'd come up with a name. We had a list of ideas. We had no logo. We had no swag. We had no recordings. We had no recording equipment. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I met him, Tom and I were at the brew fest uh, in Del Mar for father's day. And I ran into him and I told him we had a podcast. <laughs> he said, <laughs> I want to be on, I want to host you. And that was, he was our very first free beer. Yep. When I mentioned to him that we were about to, uh, record our hundredth, he said, I want to, I want to give you a couple beers to drink on the show. So I have, and, and there's a story here. I have the Midas golden ale, which is their golden ale infused with a little coffee. And talent, you were brought in as guest brewer for this. Yeah, today I actually they were making a big batch of it, so I was able to step up and uh, throw some hops in uh, into the um, the brew today. So I, I mean, I pretty much feel like I made the beer you're drinking. You know, in yes. theory, thank you. In future beer, I made the, I made your future beer that you'll be drinking. It's fantastic. 
It's, yeah, thank it's you. Really, and yeah. It's a good thing because I got 30 ounces of it to get through. Yes. And then he offered <laughs> to send some home for Joe. And we said, no, Joe's made yeah. choices. Yeah, that's exactly and right. he offered to send home some for the doc. He said, the doc doesn't listen to our show. He'll never know. <laughs> He's on the show, but he never <laughs> listens. So he packed up a pale ale for Tom. So we'll, we'll, we got Tom taken care of too. So thank you, Mo and Viewpoint Brewing. You think back on the last year and a half, by the way, we have never missed an episode drop. We were late. <laughs> we were like dropped it in the nighttime instead of the morning, but we've never missed one. When you think back, Talent, any episodes that stand out as absolute favorites? You know, there's been a lot of them. I think it's been really fun kind of in the growth process. I think you hit on it earlier. All the the different people we've had, whether it's owners or brewers or uh, people that are involved in marketing, or we had, you know, had people, you know, the beer museum or the, the brew hive at Cal state San Marcos. I think all of those have just been fascinating. Uh, I actually kind of had a nice stroll down memory lane, just going through our, our website uh, and you can see all the different episodes. And I'm like, some of them I'd already forgotten. Like, I can't, Oh yeah, we interviewed that person. And so that's really cool. So, uh, but if I had to pick kind of specific episodes, a couple that just kind of really jumped out to me, I think the first shark beer week, right? Because I mean, I, that's cutting edge. Who else is doing a, who else is doing shark week? I mean, no one would do that. And, and not only shark week, but shark beer week. Uh, that was just pretty epic. Old Mexico. Again, I'm a, I'm a Mexican lager guy at heart. So the fact that we, uh, we did old Mexico and, and I think the reason why is because we all found out something pretty interesting <laughs> about Joe, uh, during our, uh, old Mexico episode team favorite for sure. And, and yes. What did we learn about Joe? I'll tell my my biggest best story. So, been in two Mexican jails. <laughs> oh, did you have a preference uh, one over the other? How one was in uh, Rosarito. One was in Rocky Point, okay. and uh, they were a year apart. And they were a fun time in life when I was a little bit crazier for we're sure. Also, pro slow learner. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell both, and uh, I'll tell them. So, so, what, so I'm not. I'm not Mexican. Oh, I'm Mexican not anti-Mexican. So one of these other people, people. <laughs> I think it makes great stories. Oh, okay. No college <laughs> spring break. College spring break. So typical uh, spring break. Super drunk on a um, ATC. And I'm going toward, I think, JJ's bar in Rocky Point. Yeah, Rocky Point. Yeah, and, JJ's uh, Cantina. Cantina. Yeah, I've been there a few times. And, uh, so, and Cantina, for those that don't know? Uh, is Cantina. It's a Cantina, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a yeah, can and yeah, a Tina. Yeah, it's a Cantina. <laughs> so Are the short, cantina? quick story is, um, on the ATC, I shouldn't have been on the ATC, the throttle sticks. Oh. And so I'm going, and, and I'm going towards the bar, and I'm just fiddling with my thumb, the throttle, not paying attention it's to the... It's also known as ATV. Yes. No, ATC, I was a three-wheeler at the yeah, time. Yeah, oh, gotcha. He was, <laughs> this was, yeah, aging myself a yes, little bit. Yes, no kidding. So I have all the wherewithal of someone who's drunk on an ATC, and oh, yeah. right before I hit, like, 40 bikes, I slam on the brakes, and I slide into all these bikes, and I do, like, three flips over all the bikes, <laughs> and I land literally... True story on my feet on yeah. the far side of the that's bikes. A, that's an entrance uh, in front of the door yeah. to the bar. So yeah. like, <laughs> I walk I'm into the bar. This. No, I'm, I'm, I'm nailing this. Yeah, yeah. So I, I go mean, into the bar and I have a drink and I come back out and the uh, federales are there, and and everybody's pointing around and and there's like a, a wreck of vehicles there that I just <laughs> left. Yeah. And so the federale calls me over and uh, he puts me and it was a VW bug. It was they oh, put me. Well, in why a, would you not have a VW? Uh, it was a federale VW bug yeah. with the lights on it. And I have a, I do have a distinct memory of sitting in the back of it with the, you know the seat forward. You know, so you're in the back of a VW bug, and this uh, really hefty federale was standing in the door. 
and I was poking him in the belly, <laughs> giving him pep, trying to, trying to, trying to talk Spanish to him. Get, you know, that'll get their good graces. Yeah. Oh, he was talk him like, up, uh, and maybe you talk him up. That's it. Sweet talking. So they, uh, I, I did nothing but irritate this yeah. guy, and my buddies were trying to do the thing yeah, that you yeah, do down yeah, there, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. Him offer out. him a money. Yeah. <laughs> I got this guy so frustrated that he, he's like, he's like, no, this kid's going. No amount of money. I'm and they, this, this did happen. Um, they they close up the bug. Two guys in the bug with me take off, and they're just going like desert bound. And uh, my my friends, uh, thank God, just followed. So and they literally were trying to lose my friends. <laughs> really? Yeah. So we tried. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is Tom. We actually, we actually, <laughs> yeah, I know all about that. Hey, gringo, inclinate uh, por mi. Uh, <laughs> So that, yeah, so, was that ever said at any time? It might Bend have been. over for me. Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, no so they, they could search you. They, they weren't yes. that polite. <laughs> you know, in that episode, we I think we had seven beers, full beers, and we were learning. We were on a learning curve about how to run the podcast. But I knew if we could get enough beer in everyone, the stories would come out. In the first thirty minutes of the podcast, some good stories came out, but I wouldn't say great stories. But then. Then they started to come. Everybody had one. What were some of your top episodes? Uh, Stouts and Stubbornness was one of my... First, the beers were fantastic. Um, it was a cold night, and we had we had way too many stouts for a podcast. We had learned the lesson of not too many beers, then forgot the lesson, and that night we relearned it. It was the episode that when it ended, became a double episode. <laughs> uh, tons of stories. It was a story. I told the story of Mike Malloy, the Irishman who, who wouldn't die. There must be 10 different great stories in that double episode. The beer songs. Yeah. Uh, when we, we just were starting to figure out how to do virtual podcasting. So that was a big shift in our, in an, I thought the quality of our show. It's when we realized Tom's talent was not being used to full degree. He clearly had extra hours of his day and we were put him to work because uh, yeah. he's been very busy since we realized, oh, you can do that. <laughs> and uh, the beer movie series, that's been a blast. And that was one of our original concept ideas on the beach in Mexico, spring 2019. Yep. I've enjoyed that. And I, I'm looking forward to the next few of those that, that will release um, because I agree. And I get a lot, always get a lot of feedback from people that have listened to those episodes saying how much they enjoyed them. So that's kind of cool. I think uh, making the the Smokey and the Bandit one was about one of the best times I've had in my life. That was so much fun. Just making it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree with the strange beer was the same thing. I, I was very proud of that. I made all my family listen to it multiple times before I, <laughs> I unleashed it on you. So, and you know, we didn't think we'd get to meet all the people that we've been fortunate enough to interview, you know, this at this time, I think, it, you know, if you go back to the beginning and we've had just some unbelievable guests i think from our standpoint we look at them it's it'd be like having it's like rock stars right we've had rock stars on this uh uh from the brewing community on this podcast yeah how about ryan crisp head brewer at alesmith yeah telling us the story of tony gwynn and and alesmith's origin story and how and his movement from san Diego state to home brewing to being head brewer at alesmith come on i agree yeah, another one that that step is is Clayton Levonk from Epic. He's been so generous uh, of his time uh, with us, and then also just kind of you know giving us tours of the brewery, uh, their their new one that they opened there. Uh, well, I guess it's not so new anymore, but uh, in Vista, you know, again, like I said, these these guys to me, you know, I'd be like asking them for an autograph. I think you know, and here they're they're going, oh, come on in, have a beer with us, and you know that kind of stuff. It's just been really cool. Two things about Clayton: one, he's brewed more 
Ballast Point, yes. Sculpin, probably a great lake worth of, of Sculpin in his career when he was with Ballast Point, but also world's easiest interview. You just wind him up and let him go. Most definitely. How about Joel and Cameron from Mother Earth? Yeah. And then the hidden nugget on that one, who knew? I mean, that was the first time I think for you and I both, we kind of look at, we walk into Mother Earth and like, oh my gosh, we're meeting, you know, meeting owners of, of Mother Earth. And then to get the origin story of Mother Earth from Joel and then the, the Callie Creeman story. I mean, how mm-hmm. that came about. I mean, that's, like I said, that's unbelievable as, cause I think for most of us, it's in all of our top five for beers of, you know, our favorite beers. It's funny. Every time I see someone puts that out there on, you know, Twitter or whatever else, like what's the one beer you could drink over and over again. And I always want to say, well, it's probably Callie Creeman, you know, <laughs> right. so to get the origin of how, how that came out from their wedding and that kind of stuff, that was a pretty, pretty amazing story. Callie Creamin is our flagship. Yeah, of course. That was a beer that was uh, Dan's idea to brew the first time. And I believe he came up with the name right when he brewed it. I believe it was called Callie Creamin right when he brewed it. And um, he brewed it one time and he never brewed it again for about almost a year, I want to say. Really? And at that point, um, Cameron and I were getting married and he asked us what beer we wanted for the wedding. And I said, you remember that one that you made? (laughs) That vanilla one? And he goes, yeah. And I go, I want that one. He goes, I have to sit there and and scrape all of the Madagascar vanilla beans. And I go, well, I'm getting married. It's worth it. Nice. So So wait, so if you wouldn't have gotten married, we wouldn't be enjoying that wonderful Cali Creamer? I don't want to take credit for that. It does sound like that's a logical So you heard it here, Joelle's taking full and complete credit. For us, our one, our number one beer one of from our, our all of our favorite beers in this I county. Mean, yeah, it yeah. might have been forgotten if I didn't remember yeah, that. Uh, right. We have T-shirts and keg, and we all have kegerators cool. of Cali Cream, and there you go. Yeah. And she told us that story after Joe spilled a beer all over her. Yeah. And that was another save by Tom because we had all kinds of tech problems and somehow walked out of there with a great episode. Right. And the other one too, uh, you know, speaking of Rick Chapman from Coronado Brewing, another, you know, icon, I think in the San Diego brewing industry and history of San Diego brewing. And a promise made about getting to go on his boat and drink a salty crew boat beer. That's right. Play the clip. I love, you know, can easy, I stand on your boat and drink beer. this? I don't need absolutely. to go anywhere. Yeah, yeah this is, absolutely. This is great. We can go out on it. <laughs> See, that happened. I did hear it. <laughs> I bring that up at least once a week yes. to myself, but I bring it up. And so many others new to the brewing game, veterans of the beer scene from all across the United States. We we have really been blessed and what a blast. No, I agree. It's been, it's been so fun. And, and I, I look forward to reconnecting with uh, some of these post COVID. And I actually really look forward to, we've, we've met so many now we've met more probably now virtually than we met in person. Um, and every one of them is that I can't wait to have a beer with you in person. And I, and I would echo that sentiment. I can't wait to you know visit their venues and have beers with them on, on their premises. And, and uh, it's just been really cool. And heroes. We've met some of those too. I would say most definitely, uh, Colonel Myers, uh, United States uh, Marine Corps for our uh, first Veterans Day episode. That was fantastic to have Colonel Myers on. John Manley, United States Coast Guard for our second Veterans Day show. Yep. And then we had Brian Ketterer, who is a lifesaver and real life model for Baywatch's Mitch Buchanan. And he owns that, right? He came in in the red swimsuit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, know. He and owns he had- that. 
and I don't know. He had the big like preserver. I don't the know why buoy? he walked yeah. in the house with the buoy. I don't. Is that what you call it? Is that was officially I called as the buoy? And it was really weird when he came in running in slow motion and the music was playing. Uh, but he did a great job. I thought. You know, we had a little skit there. It was a beer or Baywatch, and you got to ask him yeah. a, a a Baywatch lifeguard question or a beer question. That was fun. Yeah, it was very fun. All time hero in the beer world, Mike Lopez, our white whale. Yes. We finally found him, met him, had him on the show, got invited to Tuesday Night Beer Society. And, and you know what's great? It's great when you meet your heroes and they're really cool guys and people as well. So, and he brought Joel and, and that was fantastic. It's been all upside up to this point as far as, like I said, the people and the, the, that we've met. And, and I look forward, like I said, to meeting uh, many new, but also reconnecting with a lot of those people because we went to one Tuesday night beer society and then the world shut down and we haven't been back. So, (laughs) and that was really cool that night. So (laughs) we were out of our element, but we played it cool. Yeah. So we were, and I actually went out that next week and got a ton of beers. I'm like, I'm going to go back. I'm going to be, so I got all this stuff. I can't wait to share with these guys. And then I'm like, Oh, I guess I'll just drink all this by myself over the course of the next couple of months because no one can go anywhere. And you did. And I'm proud of you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm counting you in those heroes. Yes. (laughs) I think the segment that really anchored our show, because we were having a lot of fun, we we're figuring our way out uh, through this, I guess. But the the thing that really anchored our show, gave it a heart, was when you came up with toast, roast, and pour one out. Are you game to listen to our very first toast? I'm a little scared, but let's do it. Okay. Today's our new segment, Roast, Toast, Pour One Out. All right. So I think I'll start off with, so uh, so toast, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. We want to toast and salute someone or something that uh, we'd like to point out. Uh, so first one is just a quick one. Uh, as part of the ILB team, uh, Zach is our graphic design department, the entire department. <laughs> and I just want to give him a quick toast for creating the awesome ILB logo. And it looks great on all of our new swag and our new stickers and our new shirts That's and everything exciting. else. So great job, Zach. And then my other toast yes. is uh, football. So football, in case you guys aren't aware, it's officially back uh, with the preseason officially kicking off this week with the Hall of Fame game between the Broncos and the Falcons. Uh, and you know what the best part about football is? During football season, it's perfectly normal to drink beer at 9 a.m. on the weekends. <laughs> people don't judge you. Uh, they're like, hey, he's watching football. I should have one, too. I don't befriend so, people that judge me yeah, for drinking so, beer so I at any like time say, uh, Here's a toast to uh, football and drinking at 9 a.m. on the weekends. All right. Cheers. That's how simple it started, Talent. Yep. And look what you've turned it into. Some of my favorite toasts are where we get to celebrate breweries, beer drinkers doing great things in the community, which is a constant story. Beer drinkers, good people. And, of course, bragging about North County San Diego brew scene. You know, we've been lucky enough to talk to brewers and breweries and beer friends all across the United States, but we're pretty proud of our, our home here. But Talon and I agreed in discussing this episode that our absolute favorite toast went to rugby player Joe Marler. Rugby team had just lost a big game, disappointing game, and Joe Marler, rugby player, came out with the mother of all cliches. <laughs> and instead of trying to explain it, I'm going to let Mr. Marler do it himself. I wasn't hurting as much as the lads who were, who were out there, but I definitely felt it, and I know how how hard the boys have taken that. Um, be disappointed with the account that they that we put out, but uh, we got another week to 
to get back on the horse, you know, and take that horse to the water. <laughs> and you can ask that horse, you can say, hey, horsey, do you want do you want to have a drink or do you want to swim? Yeah, and it's up to that horse to then realise uh -huh. yeah. what he wants to do in his life. Sure. And that horse at the moment wants to go out on Saturday. <laughs> he wants to clippity-clop all the way to the stoop. And he wants to say hello to those fans. And he goes... And he goes, I'm sorry about the result last week, but I'm going to give a better performance here at home against Bath. He's a slightly Irish horse. Um, so we're looking forward to, like I say, getting back on that horse. And are you looking forward to getting back on the horse six months since we lost, are you? I don't like horses. I don't ride. <laughs> I don't ride. <laughs> Joe Marler, uh, rugby player, uh, wordsmith. Uh, yes. Cliche <laughs> maker. Uh, clippity clop. Clippity clop. Clippity clop. Clippity clop. I love when it turns to present. It's, and the horse goes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just go present. It's a slightly <laughs> Irish it's horse. A slightly Irish horse. Do they drink <laughs> while they're playing rugby? Or what oh, slightly. Oh, right before I think they do an interview, maybe something. There might be a few concussions. that are like some of that too. Well, I like horses. Horses. Had a few porters. Do you want to go for a yeah. swim or do you want to yeah. go for a drink? <laughs> you want to go for a, for a drink? Swim. You want to go for a swim? You got to ask yourself. Yeah, that. you do that. Flippity clop. I still love Joe Marler. He gets himself in some trouble, but I still love Joe Marler. Yeah, well said. Roast talent of your many, many gifts. Roasting people, individuals, the society at large, the institutions we hold dear, like love, marriage, summer vacation. Oh. You are good at roasting, and I and you shared that this has caused some tears at family events. Sometimes it can, it can. <laughs> well, here's a favorite of mine: celebrity divorces. Well, let's head on into roast. What do you got for us for roast talent? First of all, I I'm going to go with roast, or as I like to call them, tired of winning. So here's what I've got. I'm a, I'm a roast with our uh, celebrity divorces because uh, celebrity divorces are typically messy. Um, and especially when you're talking about ones that involve a, a lot of money. So this is a billion dollar divorce um, that is occurring uh, between Dr. Dre and his wife, Nicole Young. So here's what she's claiming. OK, she's claiming that she needs two million dollars a month in spousal support oh. from Dr. Dre. Oh. Yes. Two million dollars a month. Just just get your head around that figure for a moment. She's also claiming, obviously, they had a prenup, but she's saying, hey, he, um, it's invalid because he ripped it up in front of her. So I guess that's what the courts will decide that. Oh. But here's what here's how the two million break down. So for those of you keeping score at home, you figure out what you spend on these things and you let me know how this fits. Okay. But so All right. let me get a pin. Yeah, get a pen. Uh, so let's make sure my math works out here. So laundry and cleaning. She's looking for ten thousand dollars a month for laundry. And cleaning. Right. <laughs> I mean, that. that that one seems pre-COVID, pre-COVID. Yeah, I'm down to like five thousand yeah, a month right now yeah. because <laughs> right, right. nobody cares. I, I agree. If you right now we're only doing laundry like once every couple of weeks, so it's probably less. Oh, I but am a fashion plate. You are. You are. So so then you'll appreciate this next one because you'll appreciate this next one. So her clothes budget is one hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars a month. Oh my god! So, a month. Uh, a month. A month. Yeah, we're talking about much. this is all a month. This is all a month. That's right? too so, much. That's too so that. That's thirty-five thousand too much at least. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then, well, I mean, think about the brewery shirts you get. Wait a minute. Time, time out. Time yeah. out. Go ahead. Time out. If you're spending that much a month on new clothes, why are you doing so much laundry? Yeah, oh, that's, see, that's a very ah. bad point. Oh. We, we yeah. should send that. 
That is. I'm going to say it should be eighty thousand a month total, laundry and new clothes. You got to live on that. Yeah, that's right. Do it. That's, that's, that's it tough. That's 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 it's doable. It is tough, but it's it doable. Tough. Yeah. She's times um, are tough. She's got to cut corners. And then the next one, I think we can all appreciate that is education, uh, which is tuition and living expenses of sixty thousand dollars a month. That's so a lot she's of learning. She's spending a lot less on education than she is on her clothes um, for her <laughs> children. So you can see where her priorities are. Okay. This next one, this is an area where we start to getting into a little bit of a gray area. So her entertainment uh, request is that uh, she gets nine hundred thousand dollars a month for entertainment. Um, so almost a million. What is there a month. to do right now? <laughs> I don't know, but that's a lot of movies, <laughs> a lot, lot of Netflix. Of yeah. uh, but nine hundred thousand dollars a month. No, I think those are strippers. It could be. Um, and then next is, and I mean, this is, you, you got to commend her for this, is uh, charitable con- contributions. Uh, she likes to give out $125,000 a month in charitable <laughs> contributions. So I think she tries to maintain that. That's good. A lot of charities are counting on her for that. Her mortgage is is $100,000 a month. So she needs $100,000 for her uh, so She's spending more on clothes than her mortgage. Than her mortgage, right. So yeah. priorities, again. Um and then this is probably the best one, to be honest with you, because again, think this is this is hands down. This is the last one, but also the best one. Uh, she is requesting for her telephone, cell phone, and email, uh, twenty thousand dollars a month. What? Oh, that's yeah, yeah that's yeah. exactly. So I don't know what kind of data plan she's on or what kind of yeah. internet she has, <laughs> but I would assume at twenty thousand dollars a month, like everybody just shows up at your house. There's no Google. They actually come to your house and like right. teach you within your house. Like, tw- think about what what we all, what you pay for your cell phone each month yeah. and your email she, and stuff. She has her own months. cloud where stuff is stored. Yeah. Just I'm for sorry. Her. Yeah, she just has to figure out how to make that fit into the nine hundred thousand dollars a month entertainment. Entertainment, package. right? Yeah, I agree. She just has to find a way. Yeah. So. No, ILB has a ten thousand dollar a month plan. I think she'll like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it. Call it so our anyway, celebrity so, plan. So that's my roast right now. I'm just finding it hard to believe that it's she's going to, you know, it's very tough not to live on. Yeah, uh, I feel for less her. than than two million dollars a month. I feel for her. Yeah, that's that's tough. <laughs> Quality all time favorite talent. Yeah, that was that was very good. It's sometimes, sometimes it just writes itself. That's the nice part. That's, that's when I like it. <laughs> but you did the research. You found it. Yes, yes, yes. So. And then of course we have our pores. Now, what was your original idea behind the pores talent? Well, I think it just sounded cool. Toast roast and pour one out. You had to have something that you could say, kind of say goodbye to or whatever else. And, and, um, you know, I think even in, if you looking back on it, we, you know, maybe you, know, you might've talked about, you know, people that have, have passed or whatever else. But I, I think a lot of it for me was more of kind of a, uh, what do you want to say? Satirical pour it. And then like, you know, come up with something and, and, and take it and twist it and make, well, I guess we're canceling that. I guess it was cancel culture before cancel culture was even a thing, but it's a satirical cancel culture, you know? So that's like the thing where when the first, you know, back to school ad comes out, well, summer's over, uh, you know, like that kind of a, a, a thing with that. So just kind of a com- comical look at, cause there's so many crazy serious things in our life. So just, to, I always try and look at things through a, uh, a lens of trying to, you know, optimistic, but also maybe how, how can you put some humor into it? It's all about the laugh. Yeah. When sometimes when you do those, it's what's your option, laugh or cry? Yes, exactly. Well, I'm drinking beer, so I want to laugh. <laughs> I want to cry, I drink whiskey. There you go. <laughs> well, back to that stouts and stubbornness that became our two-part episode. Massive episode, but brilliant. Listeners, if you haven't heard it, you got to listen. Do yourself a favor and listen to it. Yeah, don't be stubborn. Listen to it. But that was in part 
Tom's stubbornness came out in his pour, uh, despite our many, many interruptions, eight minutes on the life and career of the great René Abourgeois. That's true. And he will tell you it was only four minutes or so, but that's not as funny as saying it's eight minutes. Yes, that's a good point. <laughs> and who is René Abourgeois? <laughs> Les poissons, les poissons, how I love les poissons! Love to chop and to serve little fish! First I cut off their heads and I pull out their bones! Ah, mais oui, ça c'est toujours délicieux! Les poissons, les poissons, hé hé hé! With a cleaver, I hack them in two! I pull out what's inside and I serve it! God, I love little fishes, don't you? Still don't know. <laughs> He's Sebastian the Crab, isn't he? Oh, that's true. Okay, I guess I forgot that part. You've poured him out for summer vacations, for love, for babies, for beer drinking. Beer drinking? Yeah, it happens. Alcohol, just about everything near and dear to us. But again, I'm going with some favorites. Here's a favorite pour, and it was an obituary of sorts. Maurice the Rooster. Yeah, so I'm going to pour one out for Maurice the Rooster. Now, Maurice although not famous to us, is the most famous rooster in France, and he has passed on. So pouring one out for Maurice. Yes. R.I.P. Yeah. A little background on Maurice. He he lived on a small island of Oléron. Oh, nice. Oléron. Like a native. Yes. Became famous from lawsuits he was embroiled in. Yes, the rooster was embroiled <laughs> in lawsuits. Newcomers to Oléron, uh, mostly tourists and hipsters wanting to escape to a more rural pastoral landscape, kind of find old country France again, found Maurice's early morning wake-up calls not only annoying, but an invasion of their privacy. They wanted him either exiled or dead. Wow. So they put up lawsuits to get rid of Maurice. But locals, who apparently were not surprised that roosters crow in the morning, really, yeah, came to his rescue. 140,000 of them signed a petition to leave Maurice alone, saying he's a symbol of our France, of our lifestyle, and he is a hero. Nice. He won the suits, apparently resumed his morning crowing and until now, because sadly he passed away. But he's not done making noise, <laughs> because Maurice the rooster left a will and testament. Of course he did. And when I saw this, I, this is where I knew I got, I've got to work this into the podcast and Joe would never allow it. So yeah, he's not here to stop me. What can he do? I won't tell him if you don't. Yeah. I want to read you parts of, it, it was a long will and testament and I'm not going to read the whole thing. You can look it up, but it's also exceptionally well-written for a rooster yeah. and poetic. So I'm going to read you a little bit in our pour one out segment of Maurice the Rooster's will and testament. And I quote, I am not a hero. <laughs> Your word, not mine. Yeah. Well, Maurice's word. Yeah. Yeah. An overused word. I spoke my own truth. I did what came naturally to me. Many things change, but the essential things do not. The sun sets, the sun rises. Shaking my waddles, raising my head, I had to greet the morning. I could never resist. And why should I have? I had to crow. That was my particular joy, my particular thing. Each of us has one. Honor it. You got to admit, that, that's beautiful, right? It, that, mean, is be that is very yeah, poetic. Yeah. Yes. I am sorry to have caused a fuss. I never wanted to annoy anyone. Those neighbors from Le Maudois with their busy city lives, I know they wanted their peace. 
They'd been saving for their summer vacation. Perhaps what they missed is that a sound, like my crowing or a ship's foghorn or a train whistle, may form part of the peace of a place. A little more patience. A little less agitation never did any harm. I never went anywhere, and I was happy. There's more to a coop than meets the eye. There's more to any place if you look long enough. I was content to have three hens as companions. (laughs) They kept me busy. The chicken and the egg. (laughs) This is a strange season to be ending my days on this small planet. Human beings so restless seem fearful. I hear there's a virus. I'm not sure exactly what the virus is. I think the virus is many things. It always lurks and it will pass and some other scourge will appear. Keep your eye on the sunrise. This Maurice, he is wise, isn't he? He is a very wise. It's like Gandalf of the roosters. Yes, yes. My countrymen are angry. Well, what else is new? It's always too much or too little in France, but my God, what a country of boundless pleasures. I will miss strutting about. I will miss puffing out my plumage and making heads turn. Yes, I admit I noticed it. I will miss emptying my lungs in the dawn. Such a perfect feeling. I will miss the little familiar sounds that offer comfort. I bequeath the 1,000 euros the judge awarded me to the establishment (laughs) of an online, yes, audio museum of rural sounds, lest this hectic world be forgotten. May peace spread across the earth, but please do not confuse peace with silence. Maurice the Rooster. Wow. Well said, Maurice. (laughs) Uh, That was well done. Who knew that roosters were so uh, profound, like that they had that much? We do now. Yeah, we do now. Wow. Thank you for for enlightening me. That was the getting to know talent episode where they left the, the Zencaster mics on. So we just recorded our own episode with leftovers (laughs) and cookies too, I think. I think we did have some cookies. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Jeff and Jeff remembering toast, roast, and pour one out. So when did you know we had something here? Where was there an episode or a moment where it just clicked and you thought, this is something? Well, I think we already stated a couple of things. I mean, getting some free beer from Mo, I was kind of like, (laughs) (laughs) good, we're done. We can retire now. Uh, But no, but I think that, I think, like you said, walking into Alesmith and and getting to hear those stories. I think some other ones too that that's pr- were pretty amazing to me was uh, you know when when Joe starts relaying some of the details and it's like you know we've got people listening to us in Poland and uh, Japan and and I'm like really okay you know and so that's where you start looking okay maybe this is cool and then I also uh, really appreciated I think some of the validation from some of our other area podcasts where you get kind of a shout out from Beer Night in San Diego or or you know Ryan Wolt uh, will you know he comes on and and tells you hey I, I really like what you guys are doing and I think that's kind of validating especially for us that are this is something brand new for us and those are th- guys have been doing it for a while so that was kind of cool yeah when the when the pros give you the pat on the back yeah uh, Shark Beer Week was the first time we had an audience our wives yeah but they were giggling and and then some some full guffaws and I thought well someone other than the five of us thinks this is funny <laughs> so and then when I got tapped on the shoulder at a beer fest and someone said are you Jeff from I like beer the pot it was you know it was fireman Joe you got recognized listener wow. from the very beginning nice 
tapped me on the shoulder and I thought, I am somebody. We are something. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> we did decide early on that we couldn't be, and there were many of them and, and bless them. Uh, if it's your kind of podcast, you've probably been listening to them, but we couldn't be that podcast that did 10 minutes on what a beer smells like and tastes like and yeah. I mean, I can actually finally say mouthfeel now without giggling, um, but it's taken me a long time because originally I was like, I, I can't do that, you know? So, but we've had, we've had, uh, you know, our moments of going on and on and, um, and I feel like we've learned a lot. I, there's no doubt about it. We talked about it just a little bit ago with Mike Lopez and Joel Manahan when they came on and gave us a lesson and, and, uh, and taught us a lot about beer, but not just from them, from everybody else. And I just feel like, you know, over there, I guess you, you drink a lot of beer, you learn a lot about beer, but have learned so much uh, about the whole process. And, and it's been, uh, it's been fascinating. And you're brewing some terrific beer on yeah. top of it. Started and, you know, and, and again, how cool is that? We're at the end of an episode when we're done recording, we're just sitting talking. I can ask these guys that make these epic beers and say, well, here's my problem I'm having. What do you recommend? And then we've had some unbelievable uh, home brewers on like Damon and, and, Tim and those guys. And, and, uh, you know, again, to be able to kind of pick their brains, it's been, it's just been really cool. You remember our shame with the, when we didn't let the the beer warm up with Mike and Joel and we, yeah. we poured the tasters and we drank, you know, the whole team, we all did it. We drank it yeah. right down and, <laughs> and we asked them what they thought of. And they said, Oh, you don't drink this. This has to sit a little while. Yeah. Well, that's where I found oh, out. Oh, these right, guys are, right. Yeah. These guys are wizards. They just knew what they were doing. The fact that the fact that they came in and sat down with us and they brought in their own uh, tasting glasses and they had multiple ones so they could let the one warm up here and here. And I'm like, bro, oh, that's brilliant. I've only ever done the same one. Yeah. It's like, you know, so that's what I'm saying. Just little things like that. And you, you learn, you know. And Tim Wong, home brewer extraordinaire, taught us all we need to know about mouthfeel. And we joke about it a lot. But tell us about mouthfeel. <laughs> Tell us, help us appreciate, mouth appreciate mouthfeel. Yeah. Is this a PG show? <laughs> what do you want me to say? It's My wife's listening. <laughs> no, all right. I got a better question. Here's a, that's a good question, it is though, a good question. because we've so joked guess, around yeah, a lot, around. So, but so, as we've gotten smarter and as we've tried more beers, we are starting to realize mature, as we've gotten more mature and we stopped giggling we about the term. <laughs> yeah. I think we're ready what, to what, learn. If about, we were trying to describe mouthfeel to someone. Uh, How would you okay. describe it? There we go. That's a better question. Mouthfeel are the palate sensations that you have as far as that sensory experience. So if you look at something like an imperial stout, the warmth is a mouthfeel, but al alcoholic or solventy can be a flavor. Okay. So although you may experience in a sensory way the same thing, they're coming at from different angles. Right. So something tasting alcoholic is different than a, a warmth in your mouth. Right. Through. And the, could the carbon, I'm guessing the carbonation then in, in something like a, a Pilsner or a Kolsch would affect that as well. So you, if you're looking at a Saison where it's going to be pretty high in carbonation, um, uh, effervescent, mm -hmm. um, that's, that's something that you'll feel in your mouth. Because we've joked around a lot, but I don't think we we're joking that it's not a thing. We're no, joking no, I guess it's, it's, it's the some terminology. Of the, some of the podcasts we've listened and to they also really and I can spend say, seven or eight minutes on um, whether um, that's cinnamon or nutmeg and then another 12 minutes on mouthfeel yeah. and, and, <laughs> and creamy mouthfeel. Yeah. I think that was my favorite one always. It's always been creamy mouthfeel. <laughs> that happened tonight. So, Would you uh, guys like my rated R answer yeah, about So here's, I have a qu another Put question. Put the kids to bed. So thank you to Tim Wong for setting us straight. 
Yeah, I agree. I think, and, and again, we've always kind of prided ourselves on is at the forefront of being an educational podcast. Yep. It's a place where beer drinking friends come together and be enlightened. Here's an example of such quality programming with talent's first ever whiskey tango foxtrot. This is something that I did not need to know about. So that's why I said, I said, hey guys, I got a new segment. We're going to call it Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, or things that I did not need to know about. What the whiskey tango foxtrot? Why the hell not say what I'm thinking? Because when I'm drinking, it's hard to stop once I start. So here's the here's the deal. So recently, um, a beach in Northern California, which is called Drake's Beach, was covered with thousands of 10-inch pink bulbous worms. Uh, these worms are known as fat innkeeper worms or penis fish due to their appearance. And trust me when did I you say, say penis. I did say penis. So fish. innkeepers look like penises. Well, there's two parts to this, and I'll get to that in a second. Oh, but, I'm sorry. But, but what I would say is that when you see a picture of these things, you will understand why they're called penis fish, and it will be very difficult to get the image out of your head because I have not been able to get the image out of my head since I saw this. So, so here's just a little background on the penis fish. Better penis. image in your head than taste. Never mind. <laughs> oh. Actually, speaking of Weird that, taste, I will yeah. I will bring that up as well. Um, the penis fish is native to the west coast of North America, so where we live, and is typically not seen because it lives underneath the sand in a U-shaped burrow. Uh, the, the doctor is showing pictures of the penis fish right now. So anyway, so let me get back to this. And doctor, I, I'm going to appreciate your insight in this because I know you're probably an expert. Okay, doctor, uh, doctor, can you take your uh, laptop out of my face? <laughs> the, uh, so it lives, it lives beneath the sand and it, and it creates a U-shaped burrow. And this is a really uh, classy animal because basically this is the way it works. Wait, didn't it's he a, win the Heisman Trophy? Yes, he did. Uh, and from the end of its burrow, uh, other burrow, uh, this worm coughs up a net of mucus. So just a big old net of mucus. And the and story it, gets prettier. And it mm-hmm. catches tiny seaside nibbles like plankton and bacteria that happen to pass by. And so the and worm... You, then you the worm, nibbles. I did. And then the worm and sucks penis. this mucus net back into its mouth. So it spits its mucus out and then gets this stuff and then sucks it back into Please its stop. mouth. And it holds on to all of the choice morsels. And then you know what it does with the stuff it doesn't like? It shoots it out of its back end of the barrel by spraying a jet of Would water like out of its the, butt. Like the ball sack end? Yeah. The it, ball sack it, end. it sprays a jet of water <laughs> out of its butt spewing that out of there no those butts and, and, uh, and so here's the other thing that was interesting about penis fish is that they can grow as large as 18 inches and, <laughs> but they're uh, normally like 8 to 10 yeah that's right typically they're 8 to 10 yeah, right. inches okay and here's some other facts you that's talked still about. impressive it yeah, is yeah, impressive right. I mean size matters um, anyways and and the, the interesting the interesting thing about it is actually wait, wait, wait that, that, that was pretty interesting there's that was more there's more yeah. well the part that, I don't know if this is interesting but it really more disturbing maybe is that Many countries in in Asia, uh, it is considered a delicacy, Korea. and they eat well. Not just that; I saw Russia. They don't even uh, cook Japan. It. They don't cook it. They, they eat it raw. They just grab yeah. a big old penis salty. fish, salty. Yeah, it's a salty penis <laughs> fish, and they just eat that raw. Uh, really, an image to get out of your head. But uh, so recently, what happened was we had some massive like a storms. Carrot. Yeah, massive storms here in uh, in uh, northern Cal- in California, and these evicted thousands of penis fish 
from their burrows and then they were found covering the guy that took the video it was almost a two mile stretch of them and they're just covered the whole beach is covered so now, like I, said, I know a lot of you are probably going on the internet right now yeah, you guys and, are listening and, check and you're it out. checking it out yeah. but those of you who can't go on the internet you're in your car or whatever it's not really a fish <laughs> it isn't a okay? fish Okay, it's a worm yes. that does look like a penis yes. with like one ball yeah. <laughs> looks like the yeah. thing that comes out of the, it's like the uh, asteroid. John, in, it's like the John in, uh, Cruck Empire Strikes Back. So John Cruck of it's worms. It's a worm that took too many steroids and one of the balls yeah, kind of shriveled it's the, up. It's the John Cruck of, of worms. <laughs> right. The yeah. Polly Shore. Yeah. So anyway, so here's, here's where I fall back on all this. And after looking at all this and seeing all this is this was something else that uh, I, I need to, I did not need to deal with. So from now on, you know, you go to the beach and now it's not only are there bull sharks out there. But as I stand on that sand and I'm watching the waves or I'm watching the sunset, now I have to have in my mind that maybe a foot beneath my feet, there are thousands of 10-inch penis fish just waiting to come out of the sand. You know know who's happy to have the penis fish around? Oh, the seagulls. No, no, the mermaids. The mermaids. mermaids, They all have at least one around. (laughs) (laughs) This is a family podcast. It is a family podcast. And it's educational. And assist. I feel like like we should have the little thing from, what was the thing when we were were, uh, kids and they said, the more you know. (laughs) Was that like an NBC or CBS? You know why they're called innkeeper worms also? Yes, because everything else eats what they... Because a lot a lot of other things actually live in, in their, their burrows. burrows. Yeah, yeah, and they so like they, let them do it. And then the go. stuff that comes out of their butt that they didn't like, those crabs and stuff will eat that stuff. Right. So in other words, yeah. a lot of things, I learned a lot about a lot the things penis like fish. to hang around a eight to ten inch penis. Yeah, exactly. right. yeah. <laughs> that's well, why landed, size matters. You landed ten inch, Jeff. So is that descriptive or inspirational? <laughs> well, I don't know. We'll find out. But that's whiskey tangle fox truck, which also stands for <laughs> still disturbing. Yes. <laughs> Because still can't walk on the beach without just yeah, just one wondering. being curious and two being a little nervous. Yes, <laughs> and three being a little overwhelmed, feeling a little insecure. <laughs> you know, we had one episode that was our melt, and I guess you couldn't be a beer drinking a podcast without at least one no, at full least- meltdown <laughs> episode. It was an impromptu episode after we received a call from friend of the show Tobin. His friend Guillaume Bernard was visiting from France. He brought a load of beers to share, wanted to be on the podcast, so we raced over, only to find that Doc was way, way ahead of us. And somehow we, we, I mean Tom again, salvaged an episode out of the interview. And Guillaume was fantastic, so that's why it probably worked. Uh, He didn't need us. Um, Here's a little taster from our international episode. So today we're breaking some new ground in a variety of ways. First is this is our first impromptu podcast where we're basically just showing up and we have what? No scripting. No hours in the boardroom. No, no extensive writing, research. No is, writing, no rewriting, no charting out the episode to rise to a perfectly timed climax. However, wow. we probably are in one of our most beautiful venues for recording. And you can't see this because it's a podcast, but I'm looking right out at the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. So thank you to our dear friend Tobin uh, for having us over. He sent me a message, offered us this very unique opportunity, and here we are. Thank you, Tobin. Cheers, Tobin. Cheers. 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 Watching the sunset. Hi, Tobin. Pacific Ocean. Could you tell that Doc was getting out ahead of his skis there? (laughs) Just a little bit. We had a list of questions that we wrote out right before we got there, and he asked them all in like shotgun style <laughs> in the first three minutes. I didn't let Guillaume answer any of them. You so I noticed, so you're from France, yet you're wearing a Basque land brewery. Tell us, where is, is Basque 
Spain is Basque. French? Yeah, Basque country is a small area troublemaker be- between yeah. <laughs> ba- between Basque and France. So I would say in France, Basque people consider themselves as French. They do. Yeah, but uh-huh. but some of them don't, but most of them do. In Spain, most of the Basque people consider themselves as Basque before right. being Spanish. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. So they like their beer. They like their beer. There you go. The, I would say Basque country is probably the second best area in Spain for craft beer. Nice. Yeah. Just behind Barcelona area. Catalonia. Also known for, I was there a couple years ago, they, they're known for their wine also, obviously. But They have really good wines. Yeah. yeah. But we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Maybe later. Talking about beer. Yeah. yeah. I don't know anything about wine. That's good. Perfect. Wait, a French guy, you know nothing about wine. My wife loves wine. I like it, but I don't know anything about yeah. wine. I, if I have to choose between wine and beer, I will always choose. Of course, beer. I will man. choose water. <laughs> if beer's not an option. What, what's your? Uh, so you've been visiting a lot of breweries here in San Diego. What do, What do you like? Ah, I like West Coast IPAs. The the best beer in the world to me is Alpine Duet. Oh uh, yeah, it's yeah. downstairs. Tell me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I discovered this beer with Tobin. Yeah. Three years ago, when I went here with him, solo trip, two boys, I left my wife and my two-month-old kid in France. Good choice. Yeah, pull the Tom. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. just to enjoy a funny week here in San Diego with Tobin. So and. So Tobin had one cake from Green Flash and it was Alpine Duet and it was yeah. mind blowing. And since then, it's been my favorite beer. In the nice. And so that's why you come here, just for some of the beer. Yeah, and, and, and also f- because my wife loves America. Yeah. And, who doesn't? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody who does? does. Yeah. 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 Because of national parks. Yeah. And, and the good beer. friends yeah. we have here and the beer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was still fun. Yes, it was. I was invited to Guillaume's house in the south of France, but then COVID happened. Then COVID happened, yes. <laughs> All right. It's, it, the invite's still open. You know, my favorite segment has become our homage to beer drinking legend Cliff Clavin. I bet you didn't know. And I think out of all of those, my favorite has been, uh, or was the episode where we did, To Know Him is to Love Him, um, where we learned uh, the history of garden gnomes and how they can be traced back to a, a Greek god who would sodomize trespassers in his garden. I learned way too much that episode. <laughs> it came with poetry. Yes, it did. <laughs> poetry about a sexually assaulting people that stepped on the garden. That's a very popular episode. Listeners, if you haven't heard that episode, give it a listen. Educational, hilarious, a bit cheeky. Right. And you know what? We're going to be taking a week off uh, for our beer run to Utah. And so uh, how about listening to it then? Joe's giving us a week off? Yes. I don't know that he knows yet, but we're taking it off. <laughs> okay. Another one of my favorites uh, that we did recently was crazy state laws because we only hit maybe three states or four states. And it's amazing what's still out there, what people can still, in in theory, you know, be cited for or arrested for. And these are weird state laws. Talent, you want to get us started? All right. So we're going to start. We're gonna, I think we're going to go alphabetical. Um, I'm interested to get your guys' opinion on a couple of these. So th- we're going to start off with Alabama. Um, so Alabama, these are state laws still on the books in Alabama. Number one. Bear wrestling matches are prohibited. Didn't know that. Just in case you were interested, if you needed to, you cannot do it. Okay. You know, one thing I like to think about with these state laws is 
there's a reason why it's a law. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. had to so make that point, a law yeah. Yeah. for yeah. some, some reason. It was a big thing. Yeah. Uh, number two now, here. Uh, this wait, wait, one, hold on. I got. Wait, I need clarification. Yeah. Sorry, we can't just let that go. No, I, well, that's <laughs> what I'm that, asking. Is that wrestling with the the bear, the animal, or just bear as a naked wrestling? Well, I think. It, it, well, the way it's spelled, it's bear like the animal bear wrestling. But I get, I think a good lawyer probably could could make it go make it work. Yeah. I think the it's other part Alabama. about it, it's yeah. it is yeah, Alabama. Alabama. And and the other part about this is is when you really look at it, is it you can't wrestle a bear or are bears not allowed to wrestle with each other? Sure, it's tough. Uh, yeah. So again, I think there's a lot further. of ways this could go. I could see at some point maybe getting to the Supreme Court there in Alabama to get a little more clarification right. on that. Yeah, right, right. because I'm not going to suspect that the Alabamians were able to spell bear, bear, bear the way they wanted. Uh, but I, I'm going to judge think it's, on I that. Think but it's, it's naked true. wrestling. Yeah, naked it wrestling. could be naked wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With bears, maybe. Who knows? And yeah. I think if you're going to wrestle a bear, you should, you should be do it bear. Because to wrestle a bear while you're in clothes, chicken yeah. shit. That's unfair. Right. That well, because the bear's naked, so <laughs> yeah. what the hell? Man up. Man up. Yeah. Or woman up. It doesn't really matter yeah, at right? this point, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, next one. Next law in uh, Alabama. Impersonating a member of the clergy is prohibited. <laughs> okay. Not really sure when you would want to impersonate a member of the clergy, but you can't do it. Sorry, guys. Uh, next one. Wait, 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 wait. You can't let yeah. that one go either. You know, <laughs> you know. At like the church buffet, yeah, they oh. gotta go. They gotta go first. So if you're wearing, if you know, if you want to go first in the the you know potluck, you know yes. the church potluck, you you wear a, a pastor's okay, get up and you sense. get to go first. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I thought about maybe trying to get into the the holy no. sacrament wine or something like that. Someone needed some yeah. wine, like I'll just dress up as a clergy, walk into the church True. and grab some that. wine. Yeah, but I didn't know. Uh, next yeah. one. This one. It is illegal to wear a fake mustache. <laughs> wow. That's so important. Again, yeah. um, that is important. Damn. Next one. And this one, I don't know. I may have been guilty of this at one time. I'm not sure. Uh, but you may not have had you may not have an ice cream cone in your back pocket at any time. What about summer? <laughs> at any time. At any time. <laughs> any time. Sorry. No, at, at any time. What about this from three very, to four PM? No, very clear. At <laughs> any time. <laughs> Anytime. How about front pocket? Front uh, pocket? Front pocket's okay. Back, Back pocket, pocket. Okay. no go. All right. Why is that uh, a law? I don't know. What, what happened that required one? a law? Yeah, that's it, a good Wait, this is still Alabama. We're still yeah. in Alabama right now, guys. Uh, Dude, this they, one, they, they got, they're just lazy and rewriting their crap. What well, the this hell? one I think is is critical um, because I, I really can see where this one came in. Uh, but you cannot chain your alligator to a fire hydrant. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> what? So, you can't chain your alligator yeah. to a fire hydrant. To a fence post. Oh, what the hell does that mean? Hydrant. It means if you have an alligator and you're going to go into the store, you can't chain him up to a, to a fire, fire hydrant, hydrant so you can go buy an ice cream cone yeah. to put in to your, put back your back pocket. pocket. You can't do that. Yeah. Okay. But you could chain him to something else. Yeah. You anything can, yeah. else is fine. The fire <laughs> rack's good. The well, light if there's fine. a fire, anything it makes else, perfect sense. No fire hydrant. Yeah, but if you're on your way to a bear wrestling event, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, and your ice cream cone's melting in your back pocket, technically you could uh, chain your bear to the fire hydrant. There's no law against that. You're okay with you're that as long as you don't bear. wrestle it. Yeah, <laughs> you can't wrestle. And then chain the alligator to the bear. Yeah, no, yeah, you're okay with that. According to the laws, you're fine. Yeah, I like I said, educational podcast. I have not chained my alligator to a fire hydrant since hearing that episode. No, that's good. You learned growth. We've picked up some taglines, catchphrases, mottos, inside jokes, and t-shirt-worthy moments along the way, too. Talent, take us through some highlights. 
Highlights, I'd have to go uh, stay in your lane. That's a reference to our bull sharks. Shelter with beer in place. Save it for the podcast, which comes up quite often as we start talking before the thing even starts. Another one that I never knew, again, educationally, and then this tagline, you see it everywhere now. It's three o'clock somewhere. Uh, That's from Martha Washington, Mm because she would host a daily uh, happy hour at three o'clock. No point in steering now. Go back to the movie episodes. Skip and ping. Uh, Somewhere along the way, we became your your go-to podcast for gay penguins. The doctor, uh, besides his promotion of the bidet, has created his own tagline. What the hell? 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 What the freaking hell? And that's what it's like to go to a brewery with a doctor. (laughs) You've been filled in. (laughs) His made-up beer names deserve some props before we finish up this episode. Here are a few in case you've forgotten. Zingy dong dingalinger. Free wicked willies willy. Flying crotch kick. Hoppy Incest IPA. Boxy Booty. That was Boxy Booty. Grizzled Bear Balls. Nipple Stout. A Milk Stout. Circumcession Ale. Velcro. Big Ass Brass. Peanut Butter Liquor Stout. Cunning Linguist Lager. Quarter box sneak. Beer or not a beer. Love it. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I actually look forward to it every week. You found out it's a little harder than it looks. It's very hard. I actually got the, the roles were reversed here recently, and it's really hard. First of all, finding beers that actually aren't beers. There are so many beers out there, but it, it's a lot of fun. It's a really cool thing. Some quick thank yous as we wrap up our episode. Yeah, so I'm the first one is going to be for me for Mo and Viewpoint Brewing again for our very first free beer, and uh, which was our <laughs> our goal basically. So mission accomplished. But then also for our beers for today, and and for letting me uh, throw some hops in. That was kind of fun today. Raul and Guadalupe Brewing Company for our very first interview. Yep, and again, Joel of Mother Earth for sharing with us the origin story of Callie Creeman, and as we said earlier, even after Joe had dumped beer all over her, and and again that was a great job by Tom saving that one. Ryan Chris, we're not worthy. We are not worthy. I still haven't quite believed we got to sit down with him and, and hear all that. And again, Clayton LeBlanc, Epic Brewing, as well as Nick and Candy Corona, Five Suits, for offering to share their brewery space with us for some future shows. Ryan Wolt, Cheers North County and Roast West Coast, for not only having us on his podcast and constantly promoting us, but for his friendship and for the book club that we do with him. Really, really enjoyed that. And also, uh, we're going to go some of our listeners across the country, Dave in Iowa, Max in Rhode Island, Bill and Lisa in Oregon, who have sent us gift beers. And those were some of the early on ones. And we could taste beers from all over the U.S. And thanks to anyone else who has shared uh, with us. And and there's many of them. You know, thank you guys, all the people that have toasted us on Untapped and joined us to drink on Untapped. It's been a lot of fun. Beer Night in San Diego and their podcast and their team for all the support they've given us, uh, which right from the very beginning, they've been helpful. Yeah, I agree. Those guys are really cool. Shout out to them as well. They just released their 300th episode. So um, hashtag goals, I guess. And of course, Rick Chapman, co-founder and owner of Coronado Brewing. For inviting us on his boat. That's right. Play that clip. I love, you know. Can easy, I stand on your boat and drink, drink this? I don't need absolutely. to go anywhere. Yeah, this is, absolutely. This is great. We can go out on it. It's true. It's been recorded. 
Yes, it is. <laughs> we have made some great friends, drank some fantastic beer, and shared a lot of laughs over these 100 episodes. And looking forward to the next 100 and want to thank everybody again for their support. And probably at the forefront should be our wives for putting up with us and, and letting us do this. It's been great. They've sat in a lot of breweries. <laughs> yes, they have. Keep sharing our little podcast. Visit our social media pages on Instagram and Twitter. and Leave us comments about how we're doing. Next week, we return to our roots where we discuss great beers and the stories that go with them with an interview with Dave Cole of Epic Brewing. And then we head off to Utah. We'd love to keep reminiscing. Right now, we got to run. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run. All we need is a ten and a five or a car and a key and a sober driver. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run.